It's the Jill of All Trades, Michelle C, a.k.a. DJ Make a Move. She cute. Your host of Candy Kids TV, everywhere you need to be. And if you don't know by now, it's not your typical interview, y'all. Candy Kisses, blown away. Candy Kisses, TV for tomorrow today. Throw that all Candy Kisses TV. I am Michelle C, aka DJ Make a Move, your favorite play cousin. Before we get into it, go ahead and like, comment, and subscribe. Make sure you're following us on all social media at Candy Kisses TV. All right, now I am bringing you another extremely dope talent. This gentleman began doing stand up full time after being in Los Angeles in 2009. He was able to hone in his comedic material on inmates at Los Angeles County Jail, where he substitute taught various classes. He has toured with comedians D.L. Hughley, Lavelle Crawford, Atheon Crockett, and more. He's currently traveling with Tony Baker and Kev on stage on their second year of Real Comedians of Social Media Tour. He also works with multiple digital companies such as All Deaf Digital as an on-air talent or content producer. He can be seen on his recurring role as Fast Mike on HBO's Insecure and this season's of Brooklyn Nine-Nine as Troy, the rice pudding guy. He keeps busy on and off the stage creating and producing shows like Wording is Hard, Zooming with the Homies, and a plethora of all other amazing productions. Ladies and gentlemen, Give it up for Jeans Boy, a.k.a. Bob Bob, a.k.a. the most talented to hear more. <laughs> How you what doing up, today? I'm good. I'm good. I need to update that bio. I am not on tour because we are on lockdown. <laughs> this is true. But no, I remember when you were on tour. So I like so they still need to know your credits. Yeah, 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 yeah. We uh we did two tours, me, Kevin, Tony. And then uh this would have been our third year on tour, me and Kev. Um but uh, yeah, obviously COVID has really changed things. So you know, it is what it is. But we we still gonna make do with it. I got you. Know? you. Now I was gonna say, you know, go ahead and drop your social media. But I mean, if they don't know who you are, something's wrong because everybody on YouTube they know who you are. But if they go ahead and do it just for the little people that's stupid that don't know. <laughs> I ain't fine. It's just to hear more on all platforms. On uh, Facebook is that to hear more. But that's it. That's, I'm easy to find. I'm out here. Well, we are going to get into this now. Everyone has their own individual journey, and you have been on quite an interesting one. (laughs) From getting robbed at gunpoint, which is definitely no laughing matter, and leaving the restaurant business and hopping on stage. So when did you know that you were funny, and what um, inspired you to do comedy? Uh, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) The weather changes, and it messes up my my asthma. Everything gets up, and I'm feeling like I'm coughing. I don't want people to think I got COVID. I don't. It's literally just my allergies change with the weather. Um, I knew I wanted to do comedy full time when I moved out to LA. I was doing it in St. Louis, but um, it just wasn't, 
I wasn't taking it as serious as I, as I should have or could have. I wasn't going to stages regularly. I wasn't writing regularly. So uh, it's when I got out to LA that I realized, yo, people really, people really eating off of this. You know, I met Chris Spencer. I saw what people were driving. And it wasn't just the allure. It was, it was more about the opportunity and the success that could be had with it when you took it seriously. So that's when I was like, okay, well, let's switch gears. Let's take this a little more seriously. Okay, now what did, was it like a specific, not necessarily a comedian, but was it just something like, were you always into comedy and you were like, you know, I'm just going to try that? Or was it something that you specifically saw on TV or something like, you know what, I can do that? Uh, for me, it was, um, I didn't see Richard Pryor's Live on Sunset Strip probably until I was in college. Uh, one, when I was growing up, obviously I couldn't listen to it. My mom was like, nah, she wasn't having that. Um, but I knew about comedy, but I wasn't like, like, preview to all of the comedians other than watching some comic view and some some dev jam uh we didn't have cable so like i, I miss a lot of that and then um i just always knew i like making people laugh it was something that genuinely felt right you know and with my soul like i just loved it it was a type of uh enjoyment that i got from it that i didn't get from anything else like not riding my bike not hanging with my friends and family all that type of stuff it was a different type of joy that it brought me and um, it, get to, it got to a point where I just, I couldn't deny it anymore. So that's when I really got on stage and started trying in St. Louis. And I loved that feeling, but I knew in St. Louis, I was just kind of limited with opportunities. It's kind of like a, there's a ceiling that you hit. You can only get so mm -hmm. big there. So eventually you have to branch out to a bigger city to get to a bigger market. Okay. Now, what was your first time on stage like? <clears throat> um, first time on stage was actually pretty good. I, I had way more material uh than i needed because <laughs> you think that you don't you first time doing it you don't you don't account for people's laughs so like i had probably like 15 minutes of material and i ain't saying it was great material i just had it lined up and i was like yeah i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this and i, I didn't get a chance to because you know once people start laughing you you recognize that you know i should stop because if i'm talking over there laughing they're gonna miss the next setup so Okay. Um, I, I did a number of jokes that night, but it was good. It was a good experience, but I also learned, like, it wasn't going to be as easy as I had thought it was going to be, so, originally. Okay, you, were, you didn't have no butterflies? You weren't nervous? You were just like, you just go ahead and rock it. I was, um, I have always kind of been in theater and the arts and things like that, so, like, I went to, um, a lot of, a lot of programs. I did it at church. Um, I did performances in high school and, co I mean, sorry, in middle school and high school. Um, of like, you know, the Wiz, not the Wiz, but uh, uh, what is the other one called? Dorothy, what was the one Dorothy, Wizard of Oz? Wizard of Oz mm -hmm. um, and Lion King. So I, I was used to performing in front of crowds, um, just in costume. So this for me was, wasn't too, too unfamiliar. It was just different because there was no costume, there's no band, there's no, you know, backup singers, anybody else. It's really just you in the crowd. So it was a very yeah. intimate thing to put yourself out there like that. Yes, it is. I, that's what I'm like, man, I'd have been shaking in my boots. <laughs> so, now, have, have you ever had a a booth set, if you will? Like, have you ever been on there, been heckled? And and if you have, how did you get, muster up the, like, the courage to get back on stage? Uh, I've never had a booth um, set, thankfully. Um, I've had some bad sets that, or some sets that didn't go as well as I had planned. Uh, well, I feel like I couldn't even find, I, either I couldn't find my rhythm or that the crowd just wasn't really feeling it at that time. And in those moments you have, um, you have a couple of options. One, you could just kind of power through and just do your set, stick to what you know, 
Uh, two, you can like jump out of it, you know, try to improvise and uh, fuck with the audience a little bit. And, and when it comes to a heckler, um, I try to shut those down pretty quickly. You know what I'm saying? I let them know, hey man, I'm doing my job up here. You know, I'll come to the gas station while you work and take the pumps off and run away. Like, you know, let me work, bro. Let me cook right quick. And uh, usually that works. I like, I usually try to put them on that part to embarrass them a little bit, but it's not so damaging that they want to fight afterwards. Cause you always got to be leery of that. Like it depends on the area that you're in. Motherfuckers might, they might try to get back at you. So mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> thankfully I haven't had anything too, too crazy happen. I had one guy try to help me at a, I was in St. Louis at a club and um, he, he just hollered out black people love chicken. He kept saying it and okay. uh, it, it got weird, but <laughs> we ended up making a joke about it. And it was a and like, we do. It's delicious. I mean, <laughs> it did. That's what I'm like, it's not just us. Everybody like chicken. Filipinos love chicken too. Filipinos right. eat chicken just as much, if not more, than black people. They love I, fried chicken. So. Oh, you know, I know because my cousin's Filipino, and that's what I'm saying. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know what. Well, I don't know what that was about. Now I'm gonna tell you one thing that I love about you. I love your pettiness. Okay. <laughs> Listen. Yes, when I tell you, okay, I don't know what episode it was or where it was hard, but whatever happened, you know, the, your, your castmate was joking with you or something, you didn't take too kindly for it, and you told that man to gather all his fucks and shut the fuck up. Baby, listen, that's all I needed in my life that day. <laughs> I was my old nigga, that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, um, on tour, I was the petty person, I was the jokester, I was the prankster. I was a person getting video footage of everybody sleeping, making videos about it. One time Kev was stretching and I took all the videos from that and I did a remix of remix video of back that ass up. You know uh, what? <laughs> I, I am that person. My big thing was uh, the baggage tags. I would take the baggage tags off the luggage while we were on the road and then I would make them into like little, little balls and then I would stuff them all through people's luggage and their pants pocket and Backpacks everywhere, toiletry bags. So let it open it up. They see it, and you know, I felt like, good. What is wrong with you? <laughs> when I said that was so funny, what what I relate to you so much is because I do stupid shit like that. And yeah. out of my crew, the I have a great crew. The unfortunate part about it is all of my crew is very funny, very comical, but they're all in corporate jobs. So I can't uh-huh. clown with them like I want to because they'd be like, yeah. wait, I can't, I can't put them on camera. I can't put them on Facebook. I'm in a corporate job. I'm like, so what? But it, so it's so funny when I see you doing your show, the interacting with your homies like that's literally my crew. But my crew is just too scared to go put it on, you know, a platform. Nah, I get so, it. I get it. I, I wanted to do a podcast with one of my homeboys so bad, but he, he's a professor at a university and he's like, I don't know if I could do it. Cause he's, he's, he's from the streets of LA. So he got a pass and like we met before he became a professor and he's like, man, I don't know if I could do it. I had to blur my face or something. I was like, bro, we can get around that type of shit. Right. But he, the stories that we would have on that podcast would be, man, a magical, but I, I can't get him to do it, man. He, he's seen me in some shit. Cause a lot of times I'll tell some stories and people are like, you for real, that really happened? I'm like, bro, I'm 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 not lying to you. But they sound so wild. It's like <laughs> I need somebody to validate. Like one time these yeah. we were going out and I got out the car and these uh these three chicks passed by me as I was walking to the the parking meter to 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 pay the meter. And I was like, mm, one of y'all smell good as hell. <laughs> I said, I think it's you in the middle. And so they just kept walking. And I was like, uh, cool, 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 cool. I was like, you could have said thank you. 
And then one of her <laughs> friends to the right of her turned around like, she's deaf. I was like, oh. So y'all not gonna sign and tell her I said that she's <laughs> Wait, wait a minute. I ain't gonna hold you. That literally, I had a situation that wasn't that set up. But <laughs> that happened to me like last month. I swear to you, I, we have a game that we created over the quarantine. So we're playing mm -hmm. this game, and my um, my aunt, her boyfriend, is hard of hearing. I didn't know this because he has the like he got the fancy one that's like hit, hidden where you can't even tell that it's going on. Yeah. So in the game, we're playing. Now this was really messed up. We're on live because we're on live, like you know, telling people about the game, how you can get it, this, that, and the other, whatever. So as we're on live. When the timer goes out, you have to stop and then go to the next person. So then yeah, yeah. everybody's yelling time. And I'm like, what is he doing? Why does he keep going? He's getting it too. And I'm like, hey, what is he doing? And so my mom's on the side and she's doing like this. And I'm thinking she's doing like this. So I'm on live like, yeah, you crazy. You don't hear anybody talking about time. And he was like, that's good. Because here and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I definitely feel your pain no. when it comes to people that's hard of hearing. <laughs> My friends should know by now, anytime there's something that I need to steer away from, they need to let me know in advance. I was doing a show back in St. Louis. My friends were there. Uh, I'm telling jokes on stage. And they got some new people there that I hadn't met before. And, um, <laughs> and I'm on stage. And I'm like, why does, why does nigga only laughing with half his face? You know what I'm saying? Why does nigga get him with a... <laughs> this nigga laughing like he had a stroke or something. You know what I'm saying? And I definitely found out after the show that he had had a stroke. And I'm like, well, you can't sit him in the front and not give me something. Y'all supposed to pass a little note to me or something to let me know that, you know. But he, he took it like a champ. I just, I, I didn't know. Like, I just, I thought he was just playing it cool. Like, niggas like, uh, uh Right. I had no idea that uh, that other side just wasn't, they wasn't fired correctly. I had no idea. You didn't feel bad afterwards? No. Because it was an honest mistake. I, was, I, was, I, I wasn't doing it like you know maliciously. That was yeah. literally just ignorance. That was pure ignorance, and uh, defined it as best. And I, I just, I did not know. Oh man! <laughs> All right, let's get, let's get back into these questions. If you wrote a movie today, what kind of movie would it be, and what type of character would you play, and what role would you give me? <laughs> mm. um, if I wrote a movie today. I would probably, I mean, I was supposed to say a comedy because I'm a comedian, but I would write a badass thriller drama, probably, and I would be a, a villain. And I okay. think I'd make a really good villain. Um, you know, I would make you the black person that lasted to the end of the movie, because they always be killing us off early, but I would make you, you make it to the credits, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, you deserve to make it to the credits. But I'm gonna try to kill you a couple of times. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's just in my nature. It's what I do. I'm a killer. You know what I'm saying? It wouldn't be right if I didn't try, you know? Okay. Uh, but I, I, I love uh, dramas. Uh, I love dramedies too, but I love dramas and I love thrillers. And uh, a lot of people don't know that, like I said, like I, in, in, in college, I was really big in, in the arts and theater. Um, I did Fences by August Wilson. We did Raising in the Sun. We did a couple. Uh, plays and um i never really go for the comedy role not not something like oh, i've already mastered that it's just like i like to you know show that i have range so i love doing dramas i love doing serious roles 
Now, quick question. How did you um, get put on All Deaf Digital? Like, was that a platform you knew about or somebody just kind of told you about it and then you came through and was like, let me see what it's about? Um, I, um, I, uh, I auditioned for them because I already had a couple people who were working with them that I knew and was cool with. Mm-hmm. Mm. Daughter didn't make the coffee. Bless you, daughter. <laughs> I had to do a text on him, bring me some coffee. Um, I um, had auditioned for a role. I had a couple people that were already working there. I went up there before the audition, like twice, to okay. you know, kind of introduce myself. And then another one was for a meeting that we were trying to pitch something. And then this uh, this former acquaintance. Um, so after the audition, they had me do this this one sketch i think it was straight guys go shopping with gay guys for the first time it was me and ray grady it was hilarious um and then uh i got called in to do hosting for the drop it was a daily show that they did monday through friday me okay. and uh co-host make school and from there we were just half day employees at that time they they made us full-time employees a couple months in and then from there it was just you know the rest was history it was just you know bonding with the people that are there pitching ideas, coming up with show decks, things of that nature, and just really letting uh, myself go. It was great because All Def was one of those companies. It's very rare that you find a company where they encourage you to be you. It's very rare that you are at a company where you don't have to code switch, you know. It's not, not anyone at the job that you have to be like, oh, yeah, oh, that was, that was great. That was freaking right. fantastic that you have to, you know, switch that voice on for. So it was the first company that I had ever worked for where I could truly be me and I got paid for my ridiculous ideas and my shenanigans and my antics. And that for me was the, the, the best thing about all deaf digital, not just the culture, not just the fact that it was like, you know, a black owned majority black owned company. Um, but the fact that we were accepted for who we were and encouraged to be that. So mm-hmm. that was one of the dopest things about all deaf for me. Yeah. Cause like I want to go into the newer the new regime is just as dope. Okay. Not dope. Cause I would love to go like into an office one day and just be like, if you feel like a pimp, don't just show up. And then everybody just, you know, because I'm like, if you can do that, that's the type of job I want. <laughs> yeah. It was different. It was definitely different. And it was um, you never know what to expect, man. You walk in and Snoop was uh, you know, in Russell's office and they just smoking the whole office out. Uh, to the point where like people got to get yoga position. <laughs> yeah, this is it was it was crazy. Snoop was Snoop could really smoke. Yeah. Uh, Snoop could really smoke. Um, he, he is not joking about that. Um, but yeah, so it was it was a it was a it was a nice time. It was a nice time. So. Now, what is something valuable you learned throughout the quarantine time? Um, or during because we're still in it, kind of. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, quarantine um, was an opportunity to really hone in on my survival skills. Like it really presented that uh, fight or flight mentality. You know, like I like I could sit back and try to collect the check from unemployment or something like that, or I could just you know hone in on these uh, these skills and these shows that I never really did, and see if I can get on the pop right now. And so I chose the latter. And, and that's what really what happened. Dealing with the homies happened because I was going live with people on Instagram. And I was like, man, I want to do more than one person at a time. So I started the Zoom chat. I had just paid for the service um, so I could, you know, go longer than 45 minutes. And um, 
it just worked out perfectly like that. And we had, I think the first night we might've went like five hours or something ridiculous on that inception night. And then um, from there, I just started making it a, a weekly daily show. And right. uh, it just, it just really grew legs, man. And the support has been um, unbelievable and phenomenal. So I'm very thankful to everybody that watches. Very thankful to my, my support group from more mom, cause they really come up and they pull out the numbers. Like I was, uh, <clears throat> I was doing better numbers than a lot of big companies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this was at a time when I was just at like 40,000 subscribers, 40, 50,000 subscribers, you know. I just you said like, that's like chump change, like the little, four. look, I'm trying to get 1K. So. <laughs> you know, what it was, it was, it was because I was coming from, you know, the all deaf uh, arena where, you know, they mm -hmm. got, they, right now they got 4,900 subscribers. You know what I'm saying? Kevin got... 375,000 subscribers on one page and 273,000 subscribers on another page. Tony Baker got a million subscribers. You know, right. so I'm, I'm looking at it from their arena. So you're right, it's, it's nothing to sneeze at, but you know, I'm just in comparison, it, it was light work, but I was doing better live numbers at when I first started uh, than even all Dev Digital, you know? Yeah. Like, so to have that type of engagement with the, with the audience and also have that type of trust with them and support. Uh, it, mean, it means a lot to me. So I, I never take it lightly, which is why I always try to give it 100% when I do the shows. Yeah, because what I love about it is it has so many different, um, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Journeys of life. Because, you know, I mean, though y'all are all in the entertainment field, everybody has their own story. So it's like just interesting hearing every, you know, situation that people are going through. Because one thing, you know, I'm, I'm petty and I'm nosy. So I'll be like, okay, what they had to go through? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody got something. I mean, we all got past. They like assholes, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> and it's good to like one talk about it. Um, I feel like me opening up because I wasn't a person that really opened up like that. But me opening up has really strengthened my bond with my supporters. When people kind of know what you had to come through or mm -hmm. go through to, to get there, and they see it's genuine, and then they see you start winning, they feel invested in your success. And they feel a part of that journey too. And a lot of people want to be on the right side of history when it comes to that. So my supporters Absolutely. are, you know, my strongest force. You know what I'm saying? My comedy is great. My networking is great. But my supporters, man, I give them all the love and I shop them out and I get discount codes for them and I do exclusive videos for them because they really go hard for me. And I just want to show them I appreciate it. You know? Super dope. Now we finna switch gears into this music field for a second. Who is your favorite rapper and singer and why? Favorite singer, Marvin Gaye, hands down. No one greater. <clears throat> um, love Marvin Gaye, man. He's just, I don't know, man. He's the epitome of just so, you know, and he switched it up. If you go back to the early Marvin, he was a clean face. He had the curl, the, 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 the perm, the slick back, you know, and then something happened. It was kind of like what happened with Kendrick before he was going by Kendrick, when he was still going by K-Dot, he was like, he just had that awakening. He was like, my mama named me Kendrick. I'm going to go by Kendrick. And so mm -hmm. Marvin, he just had that awakening. And, you know, he really wanted to put out something, like what's going on. And I remember reading something like the, the record label was like, nah, this isn't poppy enough. It's too controversial. And they didn't want to put it out. And it proved to be amazing, you know. So that's when it, everything switched for him. He realized what was going on. So I... um I love Marvin Gaye, man. I love the voice. I love the content. I love the, the energy that's in it. And it's so simple. Something like, I want you. Uh, mm -hmm. That song is so dope to me. It's like, I want you, 
but I want you to want me too. It's like, I ain't trying to be out here lonely, looking thirsty and shit. You know what I'm saying? I need okay. to know that you're fucking with me too. <laughs> I'll have you out here like a fuck boy. Uh, <laughs> So I, I, I love I love Marvin Gaye, man. And one of my favorite rappers, uh, man, I, I I love Currency. He's a rapper okay. from New Orleans, bit of um, underground. You know, I don't I can't really say underground because he has so many followers and so many supporters. But he he doesn't always well he doesn't try to go to you know the 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 pop route. He doesn't try to go for radio singles. He'll put out you know ten projects. And maybe one song of the 10 projects may get on the radio, like, mm-hmm. you know, the top top radio stations and stuff like that. But he makes his money through touring. He makes his money through apparel. He makes his money through right. uh, his car shop, you know, and a number of other business ventures that he had. So I love the fact that he never has, you know, jeopardized his integrity for the dollar. He's really always been him. And he's a, he's a chill dude. He loves low-key, I mean, low-riders. He loves model cars. He likes making good music and smoking weed, like, Come on. Hey, regular OG. <laughs> so, now, who are you riding with between the Ti and GZ verses? Uh, I gotta go tip. Thank go you. Tip. That's all I'm saying. Listen, man. Um, and this is like I know people are gonna be like, "Yo, it's because Tip is an investor in all that digital and all that." Uh, I'm gonna be real with you, man. I, when it comes to music, I always keep it funky. Um, I just. I feel like Tip can do both very well, and that's no slight to Jeezy. I just feel like Tip can maneuver through the business world very well, and like he can touch the hood side as well. And then like low key, not even on low key, on the highest of keys, T is one of the best lyricists. I mean, Ti is one of the best lyricists from the South. Like people don't throw his hat in their, that arena enough, but if you go back, you listen to some of Ti's earlier stuff, and even now, like. When I was listening to the um, the Free Nationals joint, that mm-hmm. album, I was not expecting to hear a T.I. track on that. T.I. got on that track and showed his ass. And mm-hmm. then, you know, just showed his his verbal cardio and what he's able to do. And I love that. And I've, I love some Jeezy. Like, don't get me wrong. If I ever need to do a drive-by, all black. You know what? One-on-one, <laughs> one on one, Thug Motivation, one-on-one, one, let's get it. You know what I'm saying? I'm throwing right. on bangs. Even some of my favorite Jeezy tracks, have T.I. on there. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That bang, come on, man. Yeah. That bang, T.I., Jeezy, and Lil Scrappy, that shit go hard for years. Now, I'm going to say this. Like, Jeezy, I'm not going to say I'm not a fan of him, but the first record, I don't know if it was his first single or not, but when he came out and said, patty cake, patty cake, microwave, I was done. I was like, okay, nigga, that's not a bar. Come on, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> like, no. Mm-mm. So, like, that line alone makes me say, I'm going to chip all day because I'm not but doing nursery rhymes. <laughs> sometimes your gas is cut off in your house and you got to cook that coke up in the microwave. You know what I'm saying? But so, patty you know, cake, though? Hey, listen, because you, you, you know, patty, you know what I'm saying? When you, you got to, like, when you cook it up, you got to put it on that paper towel to absorb that water real quick. So you got to patty cake it a little bit. So, you know, you do what you got to do. You use the resources that are given to you. And the, the But see, that too. comes from knowledge of, you know, see, I don't know how to make crack. I ain't no, you know, <laughs> so if I was invested, like if I knew the drug game and stuff like that, not, that might've been bars in me. But considering that, I don't know nothing about the drug game. I'm like, what is this nigga nursery rhyming about? <laughs> hey man, it's also a play on words. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like Jeezy is like street gospel for, for okay. niggas that were really in that, that, that arena, that feel like you, you know, you have people who were really the voice of a certain group of people. And that's what Jeezy was for a lot of people. I feel like, uh, I, I love Jeezy. I love her story. I love 
the whole thing of him having a Lambo before he got signed. I love him joining boy, uh, Boys in the Hood. Like he, They just threw him in Boys in the Hood because they needed yeah. a name that was going to be a draw right. to, to that group, to Diddy's group. So, and you, you see what happened out of that, mm -hmm. that four in Boys in the Hood, who was the one, the surviving member? So I would never discredit Jeezy in any of his accomplishments. I'm very much a fan of him. I uh, love the fact that him and Rick Ross were able to squash that beef, man. And we got some great songs out of that as well. I hate that it went on yeah. as long as it did because we could have got so much more great music, you know. But you know, Well, I ain't never going to be a, a hater on somebody doing their thing, if this, but you know right. you have your preferences. That's that's all. That's it. That's it. It's just a preference. It's just a preference. That's all. So, name one of your top favorite female comedians. Oh, uh, actually, I had her on the show last, no last night. Dominique. Okay. DC. Oh, that's my girl. I got to interview her. She's so freaking dope, yeah. dude. She's so cool, so chill. I've never seen her not be herself. Yeah. Um, and and I love that. So, um, I'm a big fan of her. I'm a big fan of her comedy. I've seen her in person when she was on tour with Mike Epps and Charlie Murphy, like at the Fox Theater in St. Louis. That was years ago, and she like. From then to now, she's just as funny and just mm -hmm. as cool, calm, and collective as she always has been. She's, I feel like she's never compromised her integrity for a set or a location or anything. She's always been her and true to herself, and I love that about her. So Dominique is definitely one of my favorite comedians. Um, but I have a lot of favorite ones, um, especially out here. Um, Kanisha Buss just did a set at Kevin Stage, um, Keep Her Distance Comedy Show, and that was our seventh show we've done. And uh, that's the first standing ovation we've ever got. And she oh, wow. was, she, she, yeah, she said she was about to walk away from comedy. You know, she was really going to focus on being a mom and stuff like that. And this set mm -hmm. lit the stage ablaze. I've never seen a set like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Leslie Jones is another. Tyree uh, Elaine is another. Uh, John A. Thompson is another. I mean, I, 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 I really love the people that are in my class because these women are like, they're putting it down, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, these ain't, you know, it, it, things ain't like it used to be back in the day. Some of them are, but I always try to make sure that, one, all the the, the women feel comfortable around me. I never try to make somebody feel like weird. So they be like, y'all, here be giving church hugs. Yeah, I do. I'm going to keep right. it professional. I don't even want you to question my motives or intentions or anything like that because I know how hard it is for women to excel in this this lane. And I just want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to not hinder or prevent or prolong anyone's success. So I just try to always be, you know, as helpful as I can and respectful as I can. Well, speaking of help, when are you going to start your mentoring program that you need to sign me up for? <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I don't think nobody want to hear what I got to say that much. You know, Clearly like, they I, do. You, you got 40,000 fans. Clearly they do. Um. You know, I, I don't know. I, you know, I am doing a show. It's called Life Lessons from the Unexpected. Um, I put that out every Friday. It's a new YouTube series. Um, and it's, it's really just that. It's not comedy. It's really more so about life. I have a guest on. I introduce them. And then I let them talk. They tell one story that they got a, an amazing life lesson from. It could be good, bad. It could be funny. It could be serious. Whatever it is. But it's all meant to let people know that we're not alone. Like, no one's alone in this. We all go through the same hardships. We all go through the same troubles. Um, it's just about what you take from each experience and how you apply it to your life moving forward. So that's kind of that. Um, okay. The first one was with Patrick Cloud. Uh, the second one that's up right now is only available on my Patreon. I did get it a week early. Um, I think this one is with uh, Ty Davis, another 
phenomenal comedian um, out of the uh, Baltimore area. Um, and yeah, each one deals with something different. Patrick's was about um, living your life to the fullest, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't chase the money, chase the dream. Ties is about forgiving yourself, you know, going through shit and, you know, beating yourself up about it, learning how to embrace your flaws and your mishaps and still forgiving yourself and move on. So everyone kind of has an overall theme. Um, and that's, that's kind of that, you know, like, cause you, you, you're going to encounter all of those type of trials and tribulations along your course of life. So. Absolutely. I'm like a ball full of flaws and I'm just, I just probably learned the word fuck it and just kept it moving. <laughs> so, but all right. if you had to pick three roasters to be on your team of roasters, who would it be? Um, three roasters. Um, I'm gonna go from people from my squad, man. I'm gonna go with um, um, damn. I go Billy Surreal's, um, Craig Smith, and uh, actually, uh, this is a toss up between Pat and Boo Capone. Boo Capone, just because he's actually, you know what? No, give me CP. Yeah, I'm gonna say I've heard Boo before. CP got got more than him. <laughs> yeah, CP is a fool. I, I don't know. How I forgot about him. But yeah, that then give me give me CP. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be a good. That, one. He be making up stuff, and it, it what makes it so funny because it's so visual. Like you can see what he talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I put that team together. All I gotta do is be a manager. I ain't even gotta go on the field. They gonna I take know, care okay. of everybody. <laughs> be like yeah. tag him in, get him. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 it, man. Like, uh, I I love roasting. I think it's a culture that has been overlooked for a very long time. I think a lot of shows could have been made off of roasting, but yes. it's it's one of those things where you know it's it's black culture and the white audience doesn't really understand it like that on a large scale. So they didn't really embrace it. You know, they was like, oh my god, those guys are so mean. It's like that's how we express we love somebody, right? Like when we fuck with you, fuck with you. Because <clears throat> my guys, for the most part, they don't really just go around fucking with people. They only just roast defensively, like, unless somebody, you know, provoked them or something like that. So, you know, they they wouldn't understand it. But, like, those got us through some hard times, you know what I'm saying, and some long nights. So, um, roasting is just a part of the culture for a lot of people that we grew up in that. So, you know. See, my yeah. baddest part with roasting, because, you know, growing up in Atlanta, that's, that's what we were raised on, roasting. Right. And they would always tag me last for the juggler because I don't mess with people. But it's like, if I come for you, oh, I'm, nigga, you're going to want to fight me when I'm done. <laughs> so that's what's like, no, no, I save her for last, but she's going to go for it. <laughs> so like, I, 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 I stay out of, I stay in my lane. Don't mess with me, I won't mess yeah. with you. But, you know, if you come with it, I'm coming too. <laughs> I fucks with it. I fucks with that. Absolutely. I like that. So like what that. are some words of wisdom you would give any upcoming entertainer or entrepreneur? Um... Chase the dream, the money will come. Consistency and discipline will outlast talent any day. That's a big one. A lot of people get these great ideas, and they're great. I mean, they're outstanding ideas. They might be history-changing ideas, but they don't have the consistency, the work ethic to keep it going. Yeah. That's why I think Michael and Kobe were as great as they were. It's because they didn't get the titles and then just like kind of shut down and, and, and trail off after that. They kept the, the work ethic and the consistency, the conditioning going. And that's where you see a lot of greatness happens when people are consistent with their work ethic. ethic. 
Um, what else? Um, find you a crew. You know, find you a crew of like-minded people. And it happened right when it was supposed to. I remember thinking like three years ago, I was like, man, I ain't really got no crew. You know, Tony Baker got his gang and, you know, Kev on stage working with his people and stuff like that. And I didn't really have my crew, but I just kept working. I just kept working, kept working. And lo and behold, my crew was formed from Tony Baker and Kev on stage and uh, Angel Moore. Um, and it just it just happened the right way it was supposed to. Like we all kind of aligned because we were aligned in our goals and our mindset and our work ethic. And it just made sense. So, you know, find your crew of like-minded individuals. But like-minded doesn't mean that y'all all on the same page. Like Kev is, you know, way more successful than me right now. Right. So it's like I, if, if me and all my people are all on the same level, I can't learn from them. You know, you go. Kev is way more successful than me. So I'm learning a lot from him. But the ideas I come up with for new shows and things of that nature, he hadn't thought of. So I'm still mm -hmm. helpful to him as well. So it's not like, you know, I'm a parasite. It's a symbiotic mm -hmm. relationship. He gets from me. I get from him. So um, find you a group of people that you can learn from and grow from. And once you do get to that next level, make sure you pull people up with you. You know, like when I need something done, I don't just go on Fiverr or something like that. Not that anything is wrong with that if you don't have the network, but right. I know too many editors. I know too many black editors, too many black producers, too many black DPs for me to go and get from the other side. Anytime I'm doing something that I'm producing, that my money's in, then people look like me. Mm -hmm. My editors, they look like me. People shoot my show. They look like me. I know, you know what I'm saying? Because right. uh, we are often overlooked, and especially in a time like this where everything is, you know, being produced at a, you know, uh, a way smaller scale, you that that work really helps people. So oh, yeah. I'm at a point now where I can, you know, pay my guests when they come to my shows, and that's a beautiful thing because, you know, <clears throat> I knew they would do it on the strength, but mm -hmm. again, you never know what that money can do. You know, groceries you know, gas for the week, uh, keeping that phone on, keeping that whatever on. That's I'll, right. I'll just feel blessed to be able to, to be able to sew back into the people that have helped me. So uh, that's what I would say. Those, those couple of things right there. But one thing I do love about your show, Word in His Heart, is because you're giving, even though it's hilarious, you are giving education with it as well. Because I'm literally yeah. sitting there like, I can try to sound it out, like, well, I know that <laughs> so, <laughs> And I'm like, and if I didn't know that word, I know it now. It's in my arsenal. Try me if you want to. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love the fact that I'm able to, it's, it's kind of like uh, infotainment. I love the fact mm -hmm. that I'm uh, able to still teach a little bit. I feel like anytime you have a platform, you're, in, you're responsible to teach people something, you know, and, uh, and hopefully it's something useful. So I love that. I guess that's the teacher in me. I come from a family of teachers. Um, mom, three aunts, an uncle, and four cousins, all of us taught. I taught seventh grade science before I taught at the jails out here. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm love that. And I love that people still find it funny. So I have a question. How did you keep from being nervous in the jail? Cause like, I mean, it's one thing to be a teacher in a jail, but you in there with killers and thugs, like how you keep from like, all right, <laughs> let me, let me, you know, watch my back all the time. Or was it just kind of like, okay, the regular people, they made a mistake. I, I grew up in East St. Louis. There's killers and, and drug dealers and rapers out there. I walked those streets and, you know, I had some mishaps happen in there, but like the more you, you, you move and act and look like a victim, the more people would treat you like that. So it's like, yeah, I knew the risks associated with it. I also knew the reward, which was the pay. 
associated right. with it. So I just moved cautiously. You know what I'm saying? I just, I made sure I followed the rules. And I in jail, you can't take your phone with you. Can't have any sharp objects. You know, I got I to gotta do a pencil count before they leave. I got to do a ruler count. I got to make sure that nothing um, that belonged to the, the, the uh, school was taken and it could be used for any type of violence or be seen as contraband. I had to make sure I had that and I had to make sure my paperwork was right. So, you know, I just, I moved cautiously. I, uh, I did everything I was supposed to when I got that check. So, you know. Well, I tell you what, that shows you how afraid of black people are. You got to, you got to remove rulers and pencils because niggas will make a knife quick. <laughs> so. Them niggas, one time I was in this one classroom, they stole the, the, the batteries out of the clock so they could use it for the tattoo gun. And they had to shut the jail down because wow. the nigga had stolen them and he asked to use the bathroom. So I let him go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. He had taken them back to his bunk. So they had to shut down the whole premises, search each person in the classroom, then go to that bunk, search each each different bunk, and then they found them. They threw that nigga in the hole for that shit. Dang. So, like, all like, he wanted was to say, I love my mama. That's all he wanted. Like, you know? hey, man. hey, you better do that shit with an ink pen, my boy. I'm telling you. <laughs> all right. Yeah, Before we get out of here, we do, um, I have two more segments. It's, we have Kiss or Diss, and then we have our DAQs. Kiss or Diss and Celebrity Crushes, and DAQs are just our dumbass questions we want answers to. So our okay. first one, we got Regina King or Regina Hall. Who you kissing? Who you dissing? Ah, <sighs> mm. ah, this this is a tough one, man. Cause I I I love I love both of them. I ain't gonna even hold you, Regina King. Uh, she is just a little, just a beautiful little little woman right there. Um, <laughs> She's a actor. She's a she actually directed one of the episodes of um, um, Insecure that I was in, and I was like, "Ooh, oh. she's short. Ooh, she she be one of the ones that come up to like right here when you be hugging." Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I love, I've had a crush on her since um, I've had since a crush on her since um, no, nah, since she was um, Will Smith's wife in in, in Enemy oh, of the um, Independent Day. No, nah, Enemy of the State. That's okay. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was it was Vivica A. Fox that was in Independence Day, but okay. yeah, since, since when she had when she, when she had the little thing on, he was like, You ain't supposed to have that on the Christmas. She was like, I was missing you, babe. I was like, Oh, I like that. You felt it in your soul, huh? <laughs> yeah, I did. She she found it, she wanted to be, but Regina Hall is such a damn fool. I mm-hmm. mean, she is she obviously gorgeous, um, but she's so funny to me. And she seems so cool. Like the little beef that her and Issa have going back and forth uh, about her creating Insecure and all of that. I probably would go with Regina Hall just because okay. I feel like she would make me laugh more. So Regina Hall all day. All right. Lisa Ray or Carrie Hilson? Carrie Hilson is I'm trying to think of her face. Pretty Girl Rocks. Um, what else song she had? Um, oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, I don't know much about her. You know what I'm okay. saying? I don't know much about her, but I, I feel like I would go her before Lisa Ray because I feel like Lisa Ray would get on my nerves. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. I just Or she I, would snap on you like she snapped on her sister. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. You know, she felt the type of way about the brat not calling her and 
she having to find out that the brat got a girlfriend. That let me know that the brat just been out here fucking these hoes, okay? These hoes have <laughs> just been getting tossed around by the brat. She wasn't mm-hmm. bringing nobody home to me, mama, none of that stuff. She was just smashing them, dashing. So okay. uh, I probably would go with Carrie Hilson. Carrie Hilson. All right. Last one, Mary McLeod Bethune or Shirley Chisholm. Who you kissing? Who you dissing? Damn, you just, you just, you did that, huh? <laughs> that is, yeah. <laughs> Mary McLeod Bethune or Shirley Chisholm. Mm-hmm. That is, I, I don't, I don't like those options at all. Um, <laughs> Shit. Um, you know what? I know them both, but I have not seen them. Well, I've seen Mary McLeod Bethune, uh, but Jesus. That's a... <laughs> I, uh, um, man, I would... Um, Mary McLeod Bethune, I'm going to avoid at all costs just because most serial killers, they use all three names. So the fact that they use all three of those names, I'm just going to go with Shirley Chisholm. That's okay. The, uh, <laughs> I feel like that's the, that's the best. That's the easy one right there. So, uh, yeah. Go with that. Mm-hmm. Well, we are going into our DAQs. That's our okay. dumbass questions. These are random questions I just want answers to. Okay. If, if you had your own theme music, Every time you walk into the room, what song would it be? Oh, shit. If I had my own theme music, it's this song by Currency called The G's Walk In. And it's just, okay. it's just a, a player ass song. It's super chill and shit like that. And I want that shit. Cause like it fits for any scenario. Like I'm going okay. on stage, G's Walk In. I'm at a black tie dinner. The G's walk in, going to wedding, G's walk in. It's it's one of those player ass songs that you hear is like, you know, it don't bring a whole lot of attention to me, but people are like, oh, okay. Okay. I see this right here. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks, okay. Um, yeah, I, I love that joint right there. It's like I, I was gonna go something big, like outstanding, the gap band, but mm-hmm. oh, I don't need that. I don't need G's walk in would be perfect for me. Every scenario, G's walk in. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, what set of items could you buy that will make a cashier feel the most uncomfortable? What set of islands? Items. Oh, items. Um, <laughs> who? Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> Probably. Um, oh, oh, shit. I would buy. If, if if it's my intention to make her uncomfortable, I would buy some condoms, a plan B, uh, some hemorrhoid cream, uh, some some si- simple syrup, mm-hmm. uh, a couple band-aids, a couple boxes of band-aids, and uh uh yeah, some index cards. Yeah. <laughs> Like, completely random. They're like, "What? What? What's that?" I'm like, "We're gonna, gonna take gonna, notes after he do the shit." Like, what? We're gonna, write, we're gonna write the safe word on the index card so you can just pull one and then hold it up. That's so um, okay. Yeah, okay. All and, right. You know, might be gag. You know, like I like restraints and I like gag balls and shit like that. So it's hard to say the safe word if you're um. gag. 
I don't judge, do you think? <laughs> I'm not here for the judgment. All day. All right, for $2 million, would you eat 15 chocolate-covered roaches, dipped in liver and onions, and sea walk all the way to South Bay Pavilion? Yeah, I've done that for nothing. You know what? <laughs> I grew up in the hood. We used to eat sugar smacks. I'm sure one or two of them was roaches. I mean, you know... Just kind of mm -hmm. came with the territory. I ain't proud of it, you know. Right. What I'm saying? But that's you know, we all got walks of life. God damn it! So and two million dollars on there, and it's just chocolate covered. I mean, shit. I remember they used to sell. This is gonna date me right here. At KB Toys, they used to have like cheddar flavored crickets and and, mm. and like they were flavored crickets like barbecue. I, they they sell them at Spencer's like now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this shit is just dust at that point. Like when you buy this, it's just dust at that point. Uh, so, I mean, you know, in other areas, you know, certain roaches are a delicacy. So I just close my eyes, pretend like I'm on a native island, you know, where it's been cooked up and seasoned well. I mean, if it's in dark chocolate, you ain't going to say shit with that dark chocolate anyway. So, But you, you forgot know, the liver and the onions going to be in there too now. I mean, are they cooked? Yeah. Oh, well, they were in hell yeah. Throw them shits in there. Listen, I'm, I'm, from, I'm from East St. Louis, and even though it's in the Midwest, we have closer ties to the South. We okay. ate liver. You know what I'm saying? We, we fried liver and threw it in some gravy and threw some sauteed onions. That's that's what we do. You know what I'm saying? Mm. We fish with chicken liver. Like, that's that's the shit that we do. Like, so that ain't nothing to me. You ain't, you, you, you just can do a liver onions? Well, huh? You like liver onions? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -mm. That shit tastes like cube steak to me. You know, no. cube steak, like a little dry meat? Yeah. Oh, it's, ooh, it's the nastiest thing ever to me. <laughs> I just, I mean, shit, now I'm going to get paid to do it? Oh, yeah, bring that shit on. Bring me seconds, too. She's like, well, I'm not going to I fucked with it. If you had to remake the Reading Rainbow theme song to a trap song, how would it go? Oh, man. First of all, I got Mike Wheel on that bitch, okay? okay. Uh, either Mike Wheel or Young Metro. I'd probably go Young Metro because he's from St. Louis, so I do it for the home team. And then we got to get that drop on that. Young Metro, don't trust you. I'm going to shoot you. And then mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we'll pull from the original. Um, and that shit will just be like, it'll be chopping like. Read it. Red, red. It, you know, that shit will be hot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, like, you know, I ain't going to go too crazy with it. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be lit. Niggas going to, they probably ain't going to be watching longer than. The theme song, but they're going to tune in for that theme song. That shit going to be hot. Niggas going to be on the shoot. It's not hot already. Hey, man, I'm out here. <laughs> now, what is the worst business name you could ever give a barbershop? Worst business name you can give a barbershop? Uh, oops, my bad. <laughs> cuts and fades. Oops, my bad. Cuts and fades is not going to be around very long because <laughs> the name says it all. As soon as they feel like, oops, my bad. Hey, man, don't even worry about paying me on this one. Nigga, you need to worry about me killing you. You fuck up my line, and I'm going to take one of your children. Look, I'll name it line, dot, dot, dot. Where you at? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to the barber right now. That's why I got the hat on. I'm going right now. Even though the point, I still been going to my barber. He was he was closed for a minute, and the nigga mm -hmm. had to go through the back door. But let me tell you something, man. All right, listen. All of this, this is too much right here. I need to clean all of this shit up right here. So, Listen, you know, I'm, I'm in about two hours. Woo, woo, woo. Oh, they ain't gonna tell you nothing. 
Oh man. You gonna have that spice Adams laugh. You're gonna be like, because ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm a, I'm a makeup artist by trade. So when we like really locked down, oh my god, my emails and come on, man, just do my eyebrows, man. I'm like, y'all need like some jade out here for some brows. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. You know what? Because you can't go nowhere and you're just sitting around the house and you're not doing anything and you start to feel bad about yourself. But if you got your makeup done or your haircut, you feel a little bit better about yourself. So I get it, man. I I completely get it. The only thing that I miss during the quarantine that I, because I know how to do hair, makeup, and all that, but I don't know how to do nails. And my nails, oh my God. I was so depressed. I made a a freaking skit about how I need my nails done. Yeah, my wife's been doing her own. She's been doing like the press on joints, but like they like a different brand that that I don't know. They look real. They look real. So um, yeah, they coming up with these press ons. They yeah. have changed the game. Cause I remember when I was younger and I was like eight and twelve. Now I always want a little fake nails. I'm gonna get the little press ons from the store. But they done upgraded phenomenally from back in the nineties. <laughs> so. Right. Hell, hell, they look completely different. Well, before we get out of here, we got one last thing. I'm going to let you go because I know you got to get cleaned up. We have a game called Singadoo. So Singadoo is a game that me and my um, homie created over the quarantine. It's a music game. And what you do, you sing the melody that's on the card, which you can only use the word do. Okay. So I'm going to do a little example. You guess the song, and then um, I'll let you, I'll hold up the card so you get a trial one. Gotcha. You ready? I'm doing uh, R&B. Oh. Ready? Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. There you go. All right. Uh, anniversary, Tony, Tony, Tony. You got the artist right, but not the right song. Uh, lay your head on my pillow. I'm sorry. There you go. All right, all right. I'm gonna let hold up some, and you can go ahead and do it. I'm gonna guess. Okay. All right. Just tell me. All right, and tell me if I need to move it or anything. Uh, okay, I got one of them. Okay. It's uh, hip hop. Okay. Do 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 Okay, uh, this one is uh, R&B. Okay. As soon as I get home. There it is, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right, you, you might be good at this. All right, last one. Uh, Let's uh, 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 see, uh, Raise it up just a little bit, just a little bit. Okay, uh, this one is old school. Okay. 
do 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 uh, you are my lady yeah all right yeah. i feel like you have an unfair advantage because this is your game though but this is fun as hell Listen, when I tell you act a fool on this game, we play it through Zoom, we play it with our family, because, you know, with quarantine, everybody was like, what are we going to do? So, you know, me and my friend, we had been working on this game for about a year, but didn't have time to put it in fruition because everybody's working. And we was like, we yeah. got all the downtime, let me go ahead and get this game cracked. <laughs> so, yeah, like that's that. what like we that. did. That so, if you are interested <laughs> in Singadoo, get it at singadoo.com, and please tell everybody where they can find you. Um, I'm all over. Just find me at to hear more T A H I R M O O R E. That's Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube. Um, you go to my Instagram and it has my link tree to everything on there so you can join my Patreon. I'll take you straight to my, my website for my t shirts on Teespring. Everything. I got a little bit of everything out there, man. Or you can just go to who, uh, to hear more.com. There's a lot more stuff there, too. So. And let them know what, um, what day you drop your episode. Oh, shit, man. Monday to Thursday, we got Zooming with the homies at 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Every Tuesday will be a new episode of More to the Story. That's a podcast with my wife and I. Um, Wednesdays is a new episode of Wording is Hard. Uh, Thursday is a new episode of Damn Internet You Scary. Friday is a new episode of Life Lessons from the Unexpected and Best Silent Listening Party. So every day of the week, I got you covered. And then Sundays you have Michelle C on Word of His Heart. And uh <laughs> <laughs> look, that's you need to let me go ahead and pull up to the yeah. zoom to the homies. That's, yeah, that's 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 cover two. That's cover two. We're gonna make all that happen. You know what I'm saying? So we just out here just working, trying to trying to keep it going, trying to keep y'all entertained for a little bit. Feel me? I know that's right. All right, don't hang up, but we are gonna end this episode and make sure you all like, comment, subscribe, check us out on Anchor, uh Spotify, all that good stuff. We we'll see you next time. Let's see here. Yeah. Candy Kisses TV is brought to you by Singadoo. Order your copy today.